Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Jared Van Vorst, and I'm your host for the show and one of the pastors at Life Church. And you are listening to a standalone sermon today uh, that is our annual celebration. We have Pastor Nathan, who's uh, preaching, giving the message, and uh, sharing all of the things that we can celebrate looking at this last year, uh, all of 2020, and uh, and just being able to celebrate the things that God has done in our church and through us. And there's just a lot of um, great stories. It's also filled with um, some things that we grieved, that we lost. It was a hard year, but even in the midst of it, uh, we still thank God for it. And, and we're grateful for the work that he's done in and through us. Uh, there's a moment in his message where he um, he has a little bit of an accident. You'll probably hear it, uh, but it has to do with some jelly beans. It'll all make sense when you hear it. Uh, but I apologize to you podcasters who can't see it. Also, I want to let you know he does a little shout out to those of you who download the podcast. Uh, in the last year, uh, he, he mentions this number, but there have been over 9,000 downloads uh, so thank you so much for your commitment to listening to this uh, material wherever you are. And because uh, I know we have listeners all over the United States, primarily in Michigan, but um, in other parts of our nation and then even internationally as well. Uh, I want to encourage you to consider uh, subscribing if you haven't done so already. And then also if you are impacted by the work of Life Church and you're looking for a way to give um, to the work of the kingdom, I would invite you to give uh, by going to lifechurchcanton.org slash give. Thanks a lot and uh, enjoy the message. Welcome everybody. You can have a seat. My name is Nathan. Welcome to our annual celebration. I'm one of the pastors here and if you're brand new, this is a great service for you to be a part of. If you're online, I want to thank you. And even if you're watching it later this week or it was just so good, you're going to watch it again later Welcome. I am glad you are here. Now, we are not just celebrating last year, but we are also celebrating the end of our 21 days of prayer. Who was involved in the 21 days of prayer? Maybe you fasted, maybe you prayed, maybe you came. Yeah, it was great. Well, for many of you, you fasted, and it is time to break your fast at the annual celebration. So, I love Starburst jelly beans. They are the best by far. Um, would anyone like to celebrate the end of our time with the jelly bean? Anyone want to come up and get a jelly bean? Come on, you can do it. No? No? Well, yeah? Yeah, okay, come on, run, 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 run. Let's go, let's go. Oh, <laughs> he's been waiting all week for these. There you go. Yes. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Hey, what's up, Kevin? How are you doing? Oh. (laughs) Hey. Man, jelly beans are just for celebrating, aren't they? Oh. Well, I uh, guess I 2020'd that. You ever feel like that? Like you've just kind of spilled the beans or things have fallen apart? You know what I'm talking? Anyone's 2020 been a bit like that? Well, I actually don't think 2020 been, has been quite like that. I think it's been more like a hammer, you know, and it's just really messed your life up. And all of a sudden, what we usually would be celebrating just feels like we're left with a bunch of broken pieces. I wonder, is there something that you're mourning? about 2020, or even now, lamenting, 
In fact, I have that question for you online and in person. What are you lamenting? Maybe your family isn't what it could be. Missed birthdays, missed opportunities, misunderstandings. Maybe your family's falling apart. Your kids are doing well. Or maybe you're a student and your parents are struggling or they're going through a divorce. And what ends up happening so often in life is things are just completely broken up. Maybe you've lost your friends to misunderstanding. Maybe 2020 has resulted in someone you love being sick or someone you love who was supposed to get this surgery that changes everything. It didn't happen. Or maybe you're here because during 2020, you had to leave your church. And now you're kind of thinking, what do I have? What's left? In our church as well, we've had people leave and maybe your friends aren't here anymore. And you're kind of wondering, what do I do with all of this? How do I move forward? I want to talk about that today. I want to celebrate, and we're going to celebrate, but we have to acknowledge what has happened. So one of the things I want to celebrate with you right now is because of the generosity of this church. Because of people, we received funds. People gave, they tied, they sacrificed, and we were able to, to raise $1.5 million that we got to do ministry with. That is incredible. But the reality is, too, it was over $300,000 less than what we agreed to do at the beginning of the year. And so pain and hardship came. And, you know, the world we're left with, there's a lot of different reasons. People couldn't give because they lost their jobs. People didn't give because they were saving and waiting because the future was uncertain. But people also left the church. And people were disconnected from each other. And people were arguing, segregated. It's not just about the money. In a lot of ways, this is what our church, for some of you, can feel like. This is what your life can feel like. Like, how did this happen? Why did this happen? Well, there's two reasons why this happened. One, we were broken by circumstances. Broken by circumstances. The pandemic, right? It dashed all of us on the rocks. Some of us have, all of us have in some way lost something because of this pandemic. Some more than others. But also, the political rhetoric of what happened this last year further poisoned our church. Facebook became a cesspool of just crap, and people lost relationships and work, and we couldn't meet together in person. And do you know that 35 to 40% of people who attended church before the pandemic have not watched online or come in person at all? What does that do? This is not blame at all, not at all. But what does that do? Not only that, 18% of those who attended church before the pandemic have left their church to find a new church. That kind of numbers, those kinds of numbers, they really make you pause, don't you? And maybe you're here right now because you're trying out a new church. Broken by circumstances, unsure. But also we were broken by refinement. This was a season of refinement. You see, discipleship and maturing and growing in who God called us to be, that has a cost. It's difficult to be challenged by the word of God. Anyone here read the word of God and just think, oh, this is easy? No. Much less being challenged by someone else saying, come, die to yourself and take up this new reality, this new cross. It's difficult and it challenges 
our way. Like, I, I just was interested. Last, uh, two weeks ago, we did a lament. And at the end, we each had our own little pastoral prayer. And Jared's uh, hit people uh, pretty hard. I had a lot of people come and talk to me about it, like, wow. And he said this, we've given up finding ways of being connected to each other in the name of my kids' sport activities, in the name of busyness, in the name of hurry, and in the name of statements like, I'm just not getting fed anymore, and it's just not what it used to be. There's a refinement season that we're going through, and it's hard. There's a refinement of our approach to social justice and issues in our community. It was hard for many of us to hear. I get it. It caused discomfort because it is challenging. But it doesn't just challenge us in an easy way. It challenges our identity as Christians, especially for those who are are white. That was difficult. I struggled. You struggled. I have heard from you that you have struggled It was necessary and it was good, but it resulted in in some brokenness, didn't it? So what do I do with this bull? What do we do with this church? What do you do with your family? Well, if it was a bull that I got for $4 from Walmart, I am going to throw it away. That's the most American thing to do, right? Just if something breaks, throw it away. Don't fix it. Buy a new one. It's mass produced. They're made to break in five years anyways. Just get a new one. Uh, But one emperor long ago decided to do something different. Have you ever tried to repair pottery? It's the worst. It is so hard. You put super glue and it never comes back together quite right. Well, the emperor had his favorite cup and we don't know how it broke. It was his favorite teacup and he loved this thing and he asked for it to be repaired after he dropped it. We don't know what happened. And he got it back and he's like, this doesn't look good. This doesn't look great at all. It just feels all cobbled together. And and he said, you know what? I need a new way of producing this. So he charged all of the artists in his entire kingdom to come up with a way to repair broken things in something that was more pleasing to his eye. And that is how Kintsugi was born. See, Kintsugi is a work, it's an art form that uses glue and gold to put together things. Not only that, it does it in such an artful way that it creates beauty. It's something that is beautiful to behold. And this gold and this uh, lacquer take the cracks and instead of glossing them over or trying to like, show that they don't exist, they actually emphasize them. It takes the history of what was and the brokenness that happened and makes it beautiful. Kintsugi means to bind together with gold. It beautifies the breakage and treats it as an important part of the object's history, that broken things can be made beautiful again. It actually values the fractures instead of disguising them. And in fact, it actually values them because the seams are put together with pure gold. It takes a mistake and makes it into a masterpiece. Now, I did my own kintsugi, and uh, it turned out okay. (laughs) It wasn't great. It was very hard. But I took another pot, and I broke it, and I bound it together with gold and with glue. Well, it's gold flex. It's not like the real gold, right? (laughs) But this is what I did. I want to show you, though, what real artists can do with kintsugi. These are some images of what real artists can do with real gold, this gorgeous Beautiful acknowledgement of the brokenness, but that makes it more pure.
I love this. This is something that encourages me. And when I saw this for the first time, I immediately thought of the word of God. I immediately thought of Romans 8, 828. Listen to what it says. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. Now, two weeks ago, I preached about lament, and it's about descending into the pain, into the hurt, into the reality of the brokenness of things that have happened to you recently and in the past. That's the lament. It's going down and meeting God in that place. That's part one. This is part two of the message, where God has met us and takes us out of it and does something incredible with it. Kintsugi. This is something that God does, and he does it through you. Romans 8, 28, are you looking? Look, look again. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. You could be these beautiful materials that put together things again, families, churches, relationships, work relationships, but only if you acknowledge something. This is a promise, but only for those who live according to his purposes. So my second question for you today, first was, what are you lamenting? Second, have you submitted to his purposes first? See, something as an American you need to hear again and again and again and again and again and again and again is that it isn't about you. Everything you're going to do when you leave from this room is going to tell you it's about you. Every advertisement, everything that's going on, it's about you. It's about your feelings, about how you, 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 you. But what he as Christians have died to ourselves, and we need to remember that it's all about him. See, we think that our life is about our story. In reality, our life is about his story. And there's a promise that if you live a life according to his purposes for him, He will take every broken thing in your life and make it for your good and his glory. I don't know what kind of confidence that would produce. I was struck when it says, and we know. There's a definitive understanding, a confidence. Who wants confidence to know that whatever you're going through and whatever you're about to go through, God will use it for your good and his glory? Who wants that? Yeah, that's some confidence, right? Do you think that the world would like that confidence? Yeah, they would. That's something that we can share with them. Now, this is only possible because, um, because of some of this scripture, but Pastor Daniel talked about being thankful for every circumstance last week. Like, and he said every circumstance? Yes, even the trials, even the brokenness. And it's only possible because of Romans and what we learn in the word of God, that it's about him and he has a plan for us. We know that God is sovereign. All these things work together for his purposes. So, my third question. What are you hoping God heals in your life right now? What circumstance are you hoping that God binds together, puts back together? This is not a rhetorical question. I need you in your mind to think about the thing you want God to transform. Maybe you put it down in the comments. Maybe you write it down in your notes if you're in the room. Can we embrace the truth of Scripture that God can mend any circumstance to kintsugi, to bind together with gold? I was talking to someone about this process and what I was thinking, and they they wrote back to me and text this. I love this. This idea of kintsugi is beautiful because of its imperfection. 
The story of restoration is is so relatable, for no person escapes the trauma of this world. We need people that know how to lament and to find joy on the other side. We need people who stare pain, hurt, and sorrow in the face and know that the resurrection will come. Are you feeling this? This is the only way we can move forward. The question you may be asking is, how does God put us back together? Right? How does he do it? Because this, this is a mess. Like, and I can understand this. You're not really good at it, Nathan, but I can understand how that can work. But how does God put us back together? How does he move through us? First, he does it by binding up the brokenhearted. Psalm 34, 18, this is a promise. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, with the brokenhearted, and saves those who are crushed in spirit. If you are crushed, if you are broken, God is close to you. But it goes even further in 57, Isaiah 57, 15. For this is what the high and exalted one says, the one who lives forever, the one whose name is holy. I, I live in a high and holy and other place, but also, but also with the one who is contrite and broken in spirit. Why? Lowly in spirit. Why? To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. So sometimes we think when we're in this emotional state that we just need to get out of it and reality, God wants to meet us in the midst of it. That's what lament is for. Lament is to descend into this so that God can take us from Friday into Sunday, from the death of the cross of Friday into the resurrection of Sunday. And this is how he does it. He binds people together in community. He does it in life groups. He does it in coaching relationships, but he invests in us. He does this through moments of prayer with him where he brings up the brokenness and then he speaks life into it. When we push into living together, he does it. He also refines his people by fire. So circumstances, right? But also refinement. He refines his people by fire. If the first is the glue, then where does the gold come from? Well, he does this in a beautiful way and explains it in Job 23. Job had everything taken away from him. He had such a rough way to go. And then he had all these people who were blaming him and arguing with him in the midst of his mourning. It was like the worst thing you could possibly imagine. And yet at one point he gets to a place where he says, look, look, but he knows the way that I take. He does. When he has tested me, I will come forth as what? As gold. I have kept to his way. My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept to his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. What a bold statement. What does he mean when he has tested, it will come forth as gold? See, fire refines Gold is refined in fire. The dross and impurities rise to the top so that they can be removed. Pure gold only comes through refinement and fire. So my question to you is this. Have you been tested? Have you been refined? Christian, those who know Jesus, have you been tested? Have you been refined? And how did you come out? How did you come out? See, often we have been taught in our world and we have learned to flee the refinement, to run away of the fire, to run out of it. There's a song that says there's another in the fire standing next to me. 
There's someone with us in the midst of the fire, and yet we run away. We want to rescue people from the refinement that God is doing in them. Would we never do that? Fire burns away all the broken things in our life. Trial with Christ can take us through and humble us and make us new and make us like gold. This church has gone through the refinement of discipleship and diversity. The question is, who will come out? What will come out? Kintsugi uses glue and gold to artfully put things together. And God binds the broken And he refines his people to put things back together. Failed marriages, wounded families, broken relationships, failed dreams. But also, he unites and refines his church through this process. What I want for every one of you is to be the glue and the gold that God uses to put us back together. That God uses to put our people, our families, back together. I want to talk about somebody who's a hidden figure in our church. You may know their name, but you don't maybe realize the impact that they have. Often when you go into an organization, you'll kind of call somebody the glue, right? Those people are the glue. They really hold things together. They really keep it together. I I want to let you know that in my mind, as I look at this church, there there are people who are the glue and the gold. And some of those people, their names are Rich and Sue Allen. They are the glue. Yeah, you should clap the hidden figures in our church. Why? Why are they the glue and the gold? Well, because they invest. They don't just invest by giving what they have. They invest their lives. They live ministry for God. They would say, we serve God and we get to do it at Life Church. They invest themselves fully into relationships and to loving and to being kind and to playing the long game and to loving people well. They are above pettiness. They are above drama. They're the glue but they're also the gold because they have served God so long and been through so many trials. Instead of running from it, they let themselves be refined by it and they become something that's more beautiful than you can know. I would love for you guys and for my life to have that kind of impact, for us to be the glue and the gold and the lives that they have touched are hard to count the pieces that have been put back together because of their faithfulness are hard to explain. When a simple bowl is mended with kintsugi, it becomes vastly more valuable than it ever could have been before. Try to buy a kintsugi bowl online. They're extremely expensive. It doesn't just become functional again, but actually grows into a piece of art. It also gets stronger. Kintsugi is harder to break than ever before, than before. And it never breaks the same way. Do you understand the analogy and how that applies to our life? When God puts us back together, it isn't just to start over, it's to acknowledge what we've been through. And in that, and his hand becomes something more beautiful. And God puts us back together by using each of us to be that glue and that gold. He's an artist who's making us into his masterpiece together. So what do I want you to do? I'm going to go through quickly, and then I'll remind you of the action steps at the end, but I want you to be the glue. Glue happens by investing. 
It's time to serve. It's time to get into small groups. If you want to be bound up and you want to help other people be bound up, it happens in community. For those who are brokenhearted, they need community. That means starting new life groups. That means being in a life group. And you can sign up today. I encourage you. We're starting brand new one, online and in person. Do that. Second, you do that by giving. If you've never given or invested, it's time. It's time to give and invest. Be the glue. If you want to step into tithing, which is giving 10% of what you make to the church, I encourage you to do that. Our partners have committed to doing that. And then I want some people, and I want all of us, and my goal for my life is to be like this, to give above and beyond, because tithing is just the training wheels of generosity. Be the glue. Be the glue. Second, be the gold. Be the gold. This one is really what makes things valuable, but it is hard. I want you to be refined. I want you to be refined in the fire. Whether you're going through the fire now or you put yourself into it, I want you to be a disciple, a discipler, not a consumer. Your job isn't to come here and get satiated by being fed, but to fill up so that you can go and feed others. So you need to learn to be a discipler. The life journey is the way to do that. We're going to celebrate everything that the life journey has started to do, which is incredible. But it is there to help you become someone who disciples. It is the purpose of our church to create people who disciple others for the name of Jesus Christ. Some of us need to learn to be challenged by God. We're not great at it. We need to learn the discipline of regular church attendance and to allow ourselves to be challenged by the word of God. Now, I want to share something with you. Um, for those who may not know, I've uh, been the lead pastor for two and, around two and a half years, somewhere between two and a half and three years. And uh, I was interviewing for roles for nine months, and uh, the process was long and arduous. And where I started, I was at a church that I had helped plant, and uh, we were uh, just enjoying life. We had to redo the whole building, and it was crazy, and it was hard, and it was difficult, but we had finally gotten to the place where we had volunteers and leaders and disciplers. We were doing the same um, discipleship program uh, then, and it was just incredible, the change and transformation that was coming. I was having retired pastors come to my church and saying, I want to serve. You tell me what you need to do, and I will do it. It was incredible. And I was worshiping God. I remember vividly, and I'll never forget the room and where I was. And I was worshiping God and praying to him. And he said to me, it's time. And I said, yeah, it's time. For what? And he says, it's time to go. And I said, no, it isn't. And he said, yes, it is. And I was like, yes, it is. The first response was the wrong one. The second one was the good one. Don't say no to God. It's not good. But I didn't understand. But I knew in that moment God had a place. He had one in mind, and it took nine months. And every time, all I heard from that moment on was take the next step, take the next step, take the next step. And I just kept stepping, and it was exhausting. And we were getting near the end of the process here. Some of the people who were part of that process is in the room. They spent like 18 months figuring it out. It was a long time for them. And I was there, and I was tired. And I just said, you know, I just, if this doesn't work out, I'm, I'm going to be done for a little bit. I'm just going to take a break from doing that. And I was with my team, and we were in this facility that we had renovated, and we were just praying. We were walking around each of the rooms praying, small group of people, about 12 people who are my leaders. We were praying to God, asking for him to move in that community, 
And it was beautiful. And I remember during worship, there were these moments when we would stand and say, it's just something God was doing in that place, like, because it's still happening now, which is beautiful without me. I don't think it had to do with me. It was a thing that God was doing. And there was this, like, always this vision of, like, his favor just falling on us like rain. Just like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, this, this life-giving thing when we would worship. That was a constant theme. And so we were walking around with these individuals and I was praying and I got that picture again of all the rooms of this water falling. But then God just started to show like water coming out of the walls. And I was like freaking out, like water's coming out of the walls. And then it was coming up from the ground and the water just rose up and filled the entire place. And all of us as leaders were just kind of like floating in it. It was this beautiful picture. I'm like, wow, this is cool. Just in the presence of God. And for some of you who actually been there, there's a big, huge glass front on, on the building. And it was always a little sketchy anyways. It wasn't quite sealed right. But this time, it just burst open. And I just started to watch as my leaders went out and were sent out. And I've talked about this before, but water goes to low places. And God was showing me that there were needs in the community and brokenness that he was sending people out. And so as they flowed out, I saw where they were going. And, and uh, actually, two years later, about 18 months after I left, uh, I found out someone who I saw go down into an area town had started a homeless ministry in that area. And so I'm hyped. I'm not even thinking about this place. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just thinking about, God, you're moving. You're filling us up and sending us out. I'm so overwhelmed. And I saw every person go out. And then I started to go out. And that anticipation, you know, that excitement of where are you going to send me? And all of a sudden, I stepped over. I flowed over and I wasn't there anymore. I wasn't in the city. I didn't do what everyone else did. Where I found myself was right here standing in a room completely empty, lights on, no one here, no sound, no nothing. Now, I hadn't heard from God in nine months about where I was supposed to be or what I was supposed to do. And right where the camera is, right where you are online, right there, there was this spring of water in the middle of the ground, bubbling up, constant but small. And I heard God say, I'm going to do it again. And I knew in that moment that it wasn't about me, but that he was inviting me to be part of something that he was going to do in this church. And in that moment, I knew I'm in for whatever it takes. As I started to walk away and come out of the dream, I looked down and started to notice that there were cracks from around the spring running through this actual floor all over the place, big fissures that started to open up what God was saying in that moment is, I've got to break some things up to let the Spirit of God out. I've got to reformat the foundation. I've got to do some new things in this place, and it's going to be hard, but my Spirit is going to come, and I'm going to do it again. Do you know, church, that right now we are in the midst of kintsugi? We are in the midst of being broken down to be bound back up again. And it's not just so that we can function again. It's because he wants to fill this place with the presence of God and flow out into the community and transform his world. That was always the plan. That is who this church has always been. And he's doing more. We serve a God who doesn't, broken, doesn't throw away broken things but puts them back together stronger and more beautiful, a piece of art that acknowledges the past, but continues to believe in the truth of tomorrow and what God is going to do. I want to be part of that. I want you to be part of that. 
So I'm going to celebrate some things that have to do with our code, our metrics. I'm not going to be able to share everything that happened, just what connects to what we've said we were going to plan. And I want you to get excited, and I want you to celebrate. So we're going to practice that online and in person. If you hear something you're excited about, I want you to shout out. So on the count of three, we're all going to practice. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, that was pretty good. We'll get there. We'll get there. The first is you belong. During this pandemic, 59 families filled out a Connect card and connected with us. That's the majority of which have come from online. So even though in the midst of it, we've met more people than ever before. And 37 of those individuals came to a meet the pastor to learn more about our church. We're still growing. We're still seeing God move. It's incredible. This one, if you haven't heard how important community is, you better hear it now. Uh, We had 419 people in life groups last year. That's incredible. That's a place where people are being loved. We've had 10 new life groups, I believe. It's been great. So what are we going to do in 2021? What are we going to see grow? We're going to see the amount of Connect cards we receive grow as we continue to meet people online. And we're going to see our small groups grow as we're developing new leaders and trying new things like semester groups, of which you can sign up for today. More online engagement. Also, this one's exciting, especially for those in the room. I'm charging you in the room. And for those online, I'm inviting you in. This year, we're going to be welcoming people back to the building and loving on them and caring for you. Can't wait to see you when you do come, when you're ready. Encountering Jesus. Speaking of being back together, we had an average of 220 people uh, come here every week, which is great since we opened in September. But what I've loved is how excited you guys have been to be here. The engagement has been high. So what up, Life Church? How you doing today? You doing good in the room? Yeah. You're not, don't worry, I'm not leaving you out at all. Attendance is a great number, but measuring the engagement is so much better. See, engagement drives growth and attendance, not the other way around. And online, you have done an incredible job. Our services are viewed 462 times every single week on Facebook, which is incredible. And during that, this is the better part, is we have an average of 608 engagements for each of those messages, meaning people are commenting and liking and sharing. That is something that makes me happy to be a part of that. Thank you. Some cool numbers you may not know. Our podcast was downloaded 9,400 times this year as people continue to invest online. In fact, some people only listen to the podcast. What up, podcast? I hope you're doing good out there. And once we take those down from Facebook after a week, we put them on our website as just the sermon. And those sermons were viewed in full 4,000 times this year, which is incredible. That's an amazing engagement. You guys are doing that, encountering Jesus. In 2021, we're going to grow all these numbers and see it increase. I want to see more and more engagement, and that comes from you guys commenting, be a part of, sharing. I can't wait to see. We've done such a good job this year with that. Next is the relentless pursuit of one more. Now, if you do not cheer about this next number, I'm going to share with you, you might be dead. 56 people committed their lives to Jesus Christ last year. That's so good. Yes. Some of you may choose to do that today. Numbers have names and families. Each one of those names has a story, and stories matter to us, and they matter to God. And even if all the brokenness we had to go through this year resulted in one person following Christ, it would be worth it. Do you believe that? 
Do you want to believe that? I think so. I think so. Man, they're celebrating in heaven. 279 people volunteered consistently throughout this year, even as we've, you know, experienced a difficulty as part of a team. We have increased our amount of online offerings for those who don't want to be in person just to let you know. In 2021, we're going to see our commitments to Christ double as we know people returning back to church as our commitment and growth in the digital age increases, but also as people come to church when they feel comfortable, we'll have new opportunities to see God move. So I see that growing. I see our volunteers growing this year. In fact, Cross Equals Love is coming up in just a series away in between, and it is going to be an incredible opportunity for you to reach people for Jesus Christ. Whatever it takes, wherever it takes us. LifeWorks completed 11 projects this year involving 45 volunteers. This is where they go and they help people who are hurting. I think that's incredible as well. As a group of small groups just got together and it just grew from one to another to another to another, organically buying tons of materials to put together 100 hygiene kits for the homeless in our area. And this is incredible. It was overwhelming. That is whatever it takes, wherever it takes us. Team World Vision continues to show up even in a pandemic and raise $32,000 for people who need clean water. Well done. Life Church, on top of that, gave $88,000 this year to support COVID relief and food and all kinds of things in Michigan and the United States and the world. Thank you for your generosity. In 2021, we're going to see this number grow as our giving increases as well as empowering our small groups to move from being a place where we just get together to a place where we pour out what God is giving to us and transform our community. We took a hit this year, but we're committed to continue to increase the amount of money we give away because whatever it takes, wherever it takes us. Multiply. Now this one, if there's one that wins, it's this one. It's just exciting to me. We've always wanted to multiply what God is doing. And 452 people have completed a life journey course. Um, like 452 life journey courses were completed in 2020. That's incredible number. We were hoping to get 150, just to give you perspective. So there's currently 315 people who have taken a life journey course in this church. That is a huge number of people who are learning to disciple. Not only that, we're not just doing it for our church, we're doing it for other churches. Right now, five churches are currently implementing the life journey in three states. That's incredible to see what God is doing through you. It's pouring out already. Our list of participants includes Missouri, New York, Maine, Ohio, Michigan, and someone from Texas is signing up just today. I think that's pretty incredible in the impact. But why do we do this? It's for discipleship. So there are 30 new people getting discipled this year than there were the year before. 30 people who have been discipled and who are growing in their faith. That number next year is going to triple or even more than that as you dive in to the life journey. Through our contributions, 15 churches have been planted through our denomination as well as our continued support of Life Church Auburn Hills in our community and the launch of Life Church Riverside in Detroit, which... Pastor Georgia Hill, she is crushing. So we're going to see discipleship grow. We're going to see more churches benefit as well. We're going to add 
this is the cool part. We're already, even though it was just launched last year, we're going to add another course to the life journey that extends into training up leaders who can pastor and grow. And everybody who goes through it will be invited on that journey. And that's exciting. But more exciting than that is the fact that for the first time, we'll be integrating the entire life journey process into our student ministry to create a four-year experiential progressive program that helps people, specifically students who are freshmen, go from where they are in their faith to leaders and people who can disciple before college. Not waiting till after college to do that. Yeah, that one makes me excited. Roger's excited about it too. You can go talk to him in the lobby about it. Uh, he's, He's pumped. Driven by new life. This is the big one. How do we give glory to God? How do we measure that? We measure it in all kinds of things, but one of the things we measure it is in people who partner. Our partner process and partner care programs has reached its implementation. It's it's full. It's functioning. We have 144 people last year who committed to partnering with this church to see it move forward. Thank you. More are signing up every day. Thank you for the sacrifice that you are making. We celebrate you. 25 people got baptized in water during a pandemic which is really cool, one of which drove down from New York to do it and has come multiple times. Yeah, it's it's legit. Hey, Gene, what's up? He's probably watching online. And because of your generosity, we average around $27,000 a week in giving, which has enabled us to do incredible ministry. That's how we got to $1.5 million. That is something to celebrate what God has done. Look what God can do through you. Incredible, thank you. We're going to see an incredible amount of baptisms as a revival sweeps our people. We're going to see that. I can't wait for that number to to grow and double and triple and see what God can do. And we are going to work to increase our weekly giving up to 27 over the course of the year average because we have set a flat budget, meaning... However much money came in last year, that's what we're setting a budget for next year and trusting on God to grow us by generosity. And we have to work hard to get there. And I'll let you know that right now. We have work to do. Speaking of work, here are my action steps to you. Be the glue. Invest in small groups. Sign up for a life group today, now, online or in person. Second, invest in this church. It's time for some of you to give for the first time. It's time for some of you to challenge yourself and tithe. And there are time for some of you to give above and beyond, not just to this church, but to other churches. That's the glue that holds things together, that transforms the world. Second, be the gold. Learn to be a disciple. It is hard, but it is so good. I guarantee if you go through the life journey, you're going to be like, where has this been? Where is it? Why? Because the life journey is so great? No, because the Holy Spirit is the one who's in it. He wants his people to go and make disciples, and so he's going to equip his church to do that. Sign up. It's the last time today, life journey. Pastor uh, John will be in the lobby if you're in person, but you can also find all the information online. Don't think about it too much. Just dive in and see what God can do through you. Finally, we need to learn what it feels like to be challenged by God, to attend church regularly and grow in the understanding of generosity and challenge our views on scripture and be challenged in our faith. That is our journey. 
This is how God binds together his church. I am asking you, I am begging you for the sake of Jesus, for his purposes, to be refined. This happens, Romans, just later, it says this. What then should we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? This is where strength comes from, by investing and being refined. So my question to you, will you be the glue? Will you be the gold? Or will you be both? Because you will be part of what God wants to do. Will you stand with me? Because it's time to worship God. We've done all these things to cheer about, so we better worship him. But I want to do something first because there needs to be some submission on our parts to what God's going to do. So I'm going to ask everybody in the room, if you could just open up your hands. And sometimes I tell you to do this as if you're going to receive a gift from your father, online, in person. Just show your body what your heart is doing. I invite you to open up your hands. And I want you to imagine that you're holding your entire life in it. And for some of you, it looks a little like this. taking all the things that you have and you're saying, God, I need you to move. For others, you want to hold on to the things that you have. God's calling us to do something new. So everyone, close your eyes. And I'm going to ask you to say out loud, wherever you are, in the room and online, Lord, take everything I have. Say that now. Lord, take everything I have. Okay, you say it again and I want you to Really mean it this time. Let it sink in. Say, Lord, take everything I have. And as you give that up to God, I want you to imagine that you see his face and his smile for you. And I want you to say to him this time, let the new begin. Say that loud. Let the new begin. God, as individuals, we hold up our lives and our situations and say, let the new begin. We surrender all to you. God, we also know that you are moving, that you're doing some things, that you are transforming us day by day by day. But God, we are a church. And so we say, Lord, let everything we have, take everything we have and let the new begin. We turn our eyes to you to Jesus, to your power. And you say, take everything we have and bind us together. Make us new. Make us something that is useful to the world. Pour out your spirit on us as we worship you with everything that we have. Well, once again, thank you so much for listening. And um, normally at the end of every sermon, we usually like to invite people uh, to take the opportunity to commit their lives to Jesus. And we didn't do that at the end of the sermon, but our our host did it uh, after a song. We sang Break Every Chain, and then we had an opportunity to make that invitation. And so uh, I want to make sure to have that invitation here on this podcast. If you've never committed your life to Jesus, if you've never said yes to being a follower of Jesus, and you want to do that, you can do that right now. Uh, wherever you're at. And then let us know about it by filling out our Connect card, which is on our Now page. That's always the place where you can go to connect with us. It's lifechurchcanton.org slash now. And then you can click Connect and fill out some information about yourself. And we will be happy to 
I reach out to you and help you take your next steps. I hope you have a wonderful day. Uh, Join us this next series we are going to be doing for the whole month of February. It's called Hidden Figures. You're going to hear a little bit more about that in the future. Uh, But I hope you enjoy. Have a great day.